my soul I'm the most selfish person that I know Here we go down the rabbit hole Got a couple carrots from my neck Self-respect when you out of line You put right. yourself in check We're live. Welcome back to my Local It's your boy, Scarface Scarface And today I've been excited to do this episode Just because a lot of people have been messaging me They've been commenting They've been stirring things <laughs> up And so I'm glad she was willing to do a podcast with me uh, but we have, I mean, I've been following her for a while. We talk about similar topics and, and, and things like that, which is cool. That way we can touch on some of the topics that you guys keep tagging me on. But uh, we have Jackie. Uh, I don't know how to say your last name. It's Balthazar. Balthazar. Okay. I was like, uh, the, right before I called you, I was like, Balthazar, Balthazar. I was like, should I say it in Spanish? Should I say it in English? Like, is she going to get mad? Oh, like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, more badass in Spanish, but yeah. I actually prefer my name in Spanish. I don't like Edgar. It just sounds weird. But if you say Edgar, yeah, it has more power to it. Exactly. That's why I'm. And it sounds. I always tell people it sounds a little bit more exotic. I was like, it sounds a little bit more exotic. I like the Edgar. Don't call me Edgar. It sounds weird. Yeah, anything in Spanish is always better. I'm telling you. But uh, again, thank you for doing this podcast with me. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. But I want people to get to know you a little bit, just because I don't know your entire story. I did, uh, we talked about it offline that the first video I saw of yours was somebody tagged me in your video on how how does a guy ask to get their booty ate and uh, I I did a comment I did a comment response on that and uh, it was funny because I, like I, I'm straight up on my platform like in just like you are like no filter we tell it how it is I've never had that done to me I've never asked a girl to do that for me so how, I just made like a funny like type of video about that. So that was the first time I saw you. And then after that, I started scrolling. I was like, oh, dang. Not only is she gorgeous, she's po- like, it's good content, like good quality content. And it's almost like similar stuff that we're talking about. So I was like, oh, let me follow her. And then eventually the people who follow you started following me. And then there's this, uh, there's these people on Instagram that keep messaging me. They're like, hey, messenger, messenger. I'm like, chill. Like, I'm like, I'm sure she's busy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh. We, you, you have your businesses going, uh, but we'll get all into that. I want people to get to know you a little bit. Uh, are you originally okay. from California? I am. I am. I am a SoCal native. I'm a Cali girl to the day I die. Not an LA girl, a Cali girl. LA is totally not my vibe. I'm more on the outskirts, but I'm a Cali girl to the day I die. There you go. Yeah. I'm I'm not an LA person. Uh, I was actually in LA a few weeks ago, which would would have been cool. Like if I, I would have known you like before then, maybe to do it in person because obviously you know audio in person is way different than audio over over Zoom or FaceTime. But uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Cali person. Or Cali's okay. I prefer. Have you ever been to Idaho? Have you ever seen Idaho? I don't even want. I don't even care what's in Idaho. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous out here. California here on TikTok, California forever. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so you said you were you're from Cali, like your entire life, right? Yeah. All right, and so, what were you doing like before you started doing like social media and, and, and things like that? Okay, I'll give you a uh, quick rundown of who Jackie is. So, uh, I grew up. Outside of LA, I went to high school outside of LA uh, in the Ontario area, in the Empire area. A lot of people know kind of where that is. Um, right after high school, I went to the military. So I was active duty. I was in the Marine Corps from 2007 to 2011. I got out in 2011 and um, 
I went straight into school because uh, the VA, being a veteran, you get so many like uh, educational benefits and just things that are in your favor to better improve yourself, and they're all paid for. So I went to college. I got a bachelor's degree. I became a mom. Um, and while I was in college, I had a job. I got a job at an airsoft gun company. And I was having nightmares. <laughs> I was having nightmares of my boss. Like he was, I was literally waking up in the middle of the night and like saying his name. Like, and I imagine, like, obviously I was married at the time. So imagine my husband at the time being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, like a dude's name, you know, but he was, I was so overstressed in work because they put me on salary. I was getting paid pretty well. Considering it was 2011, my salary wage was like 20 something dollars an hour. So that was, that's quite a bit for 10 years ago, you know? But he was a very micromanaging. So it was like I had a spreadsheet and he would time, like, okay, it takes seven seconds to do one cell. So there's 200 cells. So by the time you're done, it should take like this amount. So like no time to scratch my head, you know, I was like super stressed. So I was like, I can't do this. And I had always wanted to start a business. And I hit up one of my family members and she's like, just quit and just chase your dreams. Like, why not? You're getting paid to go to school. You have the security of this income. Why don't you just start your business then? And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I just quit. And then I started my business. I started with um, retail and then progressively over time, I think like six or seven years into the industry, I started wholesale. Um, and I did that for 10 years, for a decade. I just closed it though in January. Yeah, I But I did that. 10 years. Yeah, I saw that. I, I saw that, which it, it was funny because when you did that, I was like, dang, we're actually similar because I also had some retail stores too with an ex. And uh, yeah. it was it was great. And all we would go to uh, LA all the time to like Los Callejones uh, to go get yeah. clothes and stuff. And we also had like uh, streetwear clothing too because ours was like guys and girls. I was like, so yeah. I, it related a lot. I was like, how are we like talking about some of the similar stuff? She also had a boutique. I never served, but thank you for, you know, your service. Uh, I never served, but I was like, dang, like, she's, like, almost, and we're, you're 34, right? Yeah. I'm 34. I'm that, that's why I was like, this is so weird. Like, this is so weird that, what was that? 89, baby. Uh, 88. 1989? 88. Oh, 88. Oh, so you're going to be 35 this year. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, in July. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because I always tell my buddy his birthday is in February and he's like, man, we're getting like when we hit our thirties, he's like, man, we're getting old. I was like, bro, I'm still 29, man. You're 30. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I feel uh, it. So obviously like during that time, I mean, just boutiques, malls, everything like that was like huge. Right. Like people were going to the stores. Were you in a mall? Were you at just like a standalone? I did have uh, multiple locations at one point. I had uh, five locations, five locations that I ran. Um, And it was quite overwhelming. I always had, like, uh, I was always overly ambitious and um, to a fault. Mm -hmm. I was always overly ambitious to a fault. But I think a lot of that was in protection of myself because it was, like, the only thing that I felt I had control over, you know? Um, being that I had other issues going on, like at home or like other personal things going on with myself, figuring out who I am, my identity, and all of these things, that it was like the only thing that I felt control over. So anything I could do to build that was like my main focus, you know? It was like where I found joy, I guess you can say. 
And while doing that, um, I got familiar with social media because obviously social media was the way to grow um, a business, especially in those beginning times, you know, like before Instagram was what Instagram is today, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously TikTok came later, but um, YouTube and things like that. So I built uh, social media for the business and later on, progressively, I started to post for myself, but I don't think that I really did like social media this way um, until I was free from like my marriage. Mm-hmm. Then I really like was able to break out of my shell and really like allow my personality to shine. And then that's how I got into this space and like into being um, more of a content creator. Because I did have a platform. I did have like a, my YouTube channel was like almost at 100K. And it was like um, more centered around business. So I would talk to people about the industry, the fashion industry. And that's what my initial platform was built off of. That channel was built off and any following that I had was built off of that. So people interested in like having boutiques, starting like small businesses, things like that. Not just boutiques, but you know, just a small business in general, like jewelry, et cetera, things like that. And um, that's what gave me like that initial platform was work because I talked about those things and nobody was talking about them for a long time. So that's where a little bit of my following came from. But it wasn't so much me as a person, more so what I shared and what like I was teaching, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. That's how I got here. Yeah. Or like the beginning. So I mean there there's like so many questions I want to ask you ba- just based off of that. So uh, just because this is something that happened to me myself, I really don't get into too much detail. If you don't want to get into detail, it's fine. Um, did you ever run into like, was it the businesses that had a huge impact on your relationship? Um, I feel like this is a very complex question. I don't think that my businesses had an impact on my relationship. I think the fact that I had something that was so stable and that I built something um, of cause conflict in terms of insecurity. Okay. Not so much that it was like work. And because if I was at work, my significant other at the time or my husband, whatever, he was at work too, mm. for the most part. Yeah, because... Um, and... Uh, for a long period of time in our marriage, I didn't really have a relationship. Actually, for most of the years of our marriage, didn't really have a relationship with like his family or anything like that for a variety of reasons. And so when he was like off and he was doing things like that, it's like he would take the kids to go and do things with his family. So then when he was doing that, I was either at home like cleaning up or like, um, you know, doing business things or whatever, you know, like, so I always had that space to do that. So I don't think that it necessarily caused problems. And I think if anything, it was my, like the, the one thing, the one lifeline that I held on to. I think if I would have let that go a long time ago, like let's say I would have let my business go five years ago, I think my marriage would have ended much sooner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but because I was so distracted with my business and so distracted with building something for myself that I didn't really too focus too much on the turmoil that was going on in the household, you know? So I don't think that it 
did anything negative to the marriage and if anything it allowed us to do a lot more and have a lot more and do a lot more for the kids Mm -hmm. or allowed me to do that and I don't think aside from the insecurity that it caused and like those types of problems because I mean you have to think that um at some point I was making quite a bit of money you know and um and that when you're not secure I think in your um it kills a guy's ego. Oh, yeah, it's very testing first for your significant other, especially to be a woman, to exceed kind of where you are. And like, if you have no drive, you know, then it's hard for two people to grow together. And I think that that's another reason kind of why we grew apart because we we're so different. Mm-hmm. We wanted so much, so many different things out of life. That, But then even though that growing apart was happening, it was hard to focus on that because it was like, kids, house, survival mode, work, you know, it's kind of like you're on a hamster wheel, especially when you have kids. It's like you don't even have time to think about like, oh shit, we need to have this argument or oh shit, we need to have this discussion. Like there's no fucking time. Like I just want to go to sleep or like, oh shit, the baby needs this or, you know, the baby's sick, you know? Yeah. 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 And the reason I ask because is um, some guys, because you guys weren't business partners, right? Okay. And so like you being time away because I, I i understand how much time it takes because uh you said you had five stores which is way more than i had but um ordering stuff like this little thing this store needs this this store needs that like it's always when, when you're an entrepreneur it's never like a nine to five and then you can shut it off it's always like somebody's always calling you someone's always messaging you uh and then sometimes you have to pull really long hours and so i the reason i asked that is because the other <laughs> when you finished recording your podcast or was it when you finished? But you, you mentioned that before you would go to lunch with your mom and your husband wouldn't yeah. like that because he, he felt like if you were gone for too long, you were cheating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and So, if, um, um, again, those are all like deep-rooted insecurities just in general from like just, I think, so much deeper than just surface level things like those are things that on the inside because I never had that mentality you know like I never thought like if you went with your co-workers to lunch or anything like that that you're cheating like that's not my automatic thought ever about anything you know like even when um I was like somebody sent me an email that there was like this stuff going on behind my back even then I was like what is this about and then he clarified you know and I was like okay you know like I'm not my mind doesn't go to that place because that's not how I'm built because it's not what I do. You know, it's like my mind doesn't go to those places because my character isn't that way. So then to me, it's like, oh, okay, then, well, there's just somebody fucking with me, you know, like whatever. Um, But I think it was just like bothersome to him. Like, how is it possible that you could spend two hours with your mom? Like, what the fuck do you guys talk about for two hours, you know? Or also to a big problem with that. You know, I, I thoroughly and genuinely enjoy time by myself. And um, I think that that also was triggering because, again, if it's something that you don't understand, then it's triggering for you because you're like, how could you be alone? I can't be alone. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's triggering for you or if you have, uh, he was not a very talkative person. So obviously you're not going to sit at lunch with your mom for two hours because you, have, you don't talk, you know, you don't have a lot to say, you know. So um, a lot of my outings were very limited and I didn't really like 
do that. I just couldn't focus on work. Yeah, which is crazy because I remember I was in the same situation. Like, I'm a very confident person. I'm very secure with myself. I know, like, if somebody's with me, they're with me. I never, like, oh, they're out cheating. They're out doing something. Like, my ex, when she would go out with her friends, I would be like, she would be like, oh, how do I look? I'm like, oh, damn, girl, you look sexy, you know? And she would go out, like, and my friends would be like, you let your girl go out like that? I'm like, yeah, like, so what? Like, she's out with her friends, you know? And so it was, like, similar. Like, I was built almost the same way i've never because imagine like uh there's some of these guys who make their girls turn off social media you know uh turn off social media because they start complaining about why does this guy like your stuff why does this guy comment mm-hmm. your guy some some guy you don't even know you know and no. yes. <laughs> yes. and and so it, that just leads like to a whole another thing that was a whole different relationship this girl was like super jealous and every like what i was cheating on every girl that liked my photo uh Oh, so, um, if you don't they, like it was damned if you don't like it's your fault that they did, and then it's your fault. Like, why didn't you block them? But then, if you block them, then it's like, why did you block them? What are you hiding? And it's just, you're just like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I ended up that, that ended that relationship because I was like, no matter what I say, whatever explanation I give, no matter what I say. It's wrong, you know. There's yeah. there's always a, ne- a a follow up to like my answer. There's like just like you said, why well, why did you block him then? Did you have a reason to block him? Like oh now just because I found out about her, like you blocked her. I'm like girl, chill. Like I have way too much shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So uh, leading up to because this is a, a question I get a lot, especially on my anonymous things. So I wanted to ask you, what. What was the process you took in order to initiate the divorce? Because some people get stuck in that whole cycle. Like, they don't know what to do. They don't know what their family's going to think. They're, they don't know what, like, just, they, they're more worried about the outside than what they're feeling inside. So, and also a lot of people stay together because of the kids, you know, which ends up being worse because I've seen a lot more people say, like, hey, my kids actually told me I should have just left because being in fights all the time, being in that toxic environment all the time was just... You know, it wasn't healthy for the kid, you, you know. Uh, so what process did you take? Like, were, did you decide way beforehand? Did you guys talk about it? Did you just su- surprise them and be like, yo, I'm out? Um. Okay. So uh, the, the betrayal that happened happened in 2019. Um, at that point, I think that I, when I discovered what I had discovered, I think it was a shock to me. It was a shock and it was kind of like I was trying to process what had just happened on top of the fact that I'm trying to figure out who I am because I'm hitting my thirties at that point, you know, I'm about to hit or I hit 30 that year. And like, I'm just going through all these life changes in my mind, right? I have three kids at this point and I just have like a lot going on. So um, I think that hit me like a ton of bricks because I felt blindsided, right? I never felt like, um, that would ever happen to me or that he could ever do that to me. Like if there were to ever be the end of anything, it would be because we both decided that this isn't working, you know, but not that that would happen. So when it did, I think that I hit one of the lowest points in my entire life um, because my, the very little self-esteem that I had was completely destroyed. The very little love that I had for myself was completely destroyed. And also to the identity crisis of 
what the marriage was. Like it completely destroyed even the least bit of purity that it had because it's like you could never say that it wasn't painted. So I think all of these emotional um, instances really took a toll on me and it's almost to the point where like I was in desperation mode. So I definitely begged. I definitely was on my knees begging for him to stay. Like, embarrassing. Like, embarrassing, embarrassing. Like, no dignity, no self-respect, no self-love, no self-worth. You name it. All of it. Out the window. Um, And begging for, obviously, somebody that, I mean, it just, he didn't deserve me in all reality, you know? But when you're in that headspace, it's like, you can't see anything. And then also, too, the desire to want to win. So you don't want to let the other person win. So ego, ego was another big thing, you know, ego. And uh, that's a whole other thing. Ego is such a detrimental thing to us. It's good and only a sense of success and things like that. But our ego can really destroy us and destroy what God really has for us because we want to move with our ego. Like we want what we want. We want to win. And it's like, I'm trying to show you that there's something better, but you want so desperately to win, you know? So, um, after some time, I was like, okay, I started to feel all the emotions. So, you know, you hit rock bottom and then you're sad and all of a sudden you start to get mad. <laughs> and then anger comes and then I was so angry that anything felt triggering. Even my poor kids, you know, like any, even the sound of their voice, I like, I, I was just feeling on edge. I couldn't even tolerate that. And I was starting to feel very angry. And because it happened repeatedly with the same person, like I caught it a few times after the fact. And then after the fact, I was the only one that felt like I was trying to salvage it for my kids. And I will say this, and I don't care who attacks me for it. Your kids and the excuse of your kids is a cop-out. It's a cop-out. I don't care what anybody says. It's a cop-out. You use the excuse of your kids for not leaving because you don't have the courage to leave. So you say it's your kids, but it's, it's really not your kids. You're doing your kids a disservice by saying, and you know it because you know that you're not being the best parent that you can be because you're not happy and you don't feel good. And if you don't feel good, you can't be the best version of yourself at all. And you know this, but you use the kids as an excuse because it is the only thing that people will allow you to justify faith, you know, or people like society will make you feel like, well, you did the right thing for your kids, you know, and that, that makes you feel good for the cop out. Um, because you just don't have the courage to leave. Um, so I did that too. Been there, done that too. And then when I realized that I was very angry, I was like, I need help. Like, I am not processing this well anymore. And I decided to get into, into therapy. And I started to go to therapy, not only on my own, but church as well. And listening to sermons constantly. And once I did that, I started to understand that our marriage never had boundaries because we got together so young that we never had boundaries. We never established things because what could we know? Uh, we knew each other since we were 14. What could we know? Like we didn't know shit about shit, you know? So I started to understand what boundaries were and all these things. And I kind of um, set up, uh, okay, prior to me setting boundaries, um, then I feel like this is very specific to me, but very life altering my father passed. So when my dad passed, I went through like this moment or months of just being in a state of like shock and in depression and like just getting drunk every day 
And I'm so thankful to him because at least in that time, he was there for me in a way that nobody else could have been. Like I, you know, I would be at home crying and he would come home and cry with me. So that w- I will give him that, that he was really there in a time where like he could have failed me again, but he didn't. So he was definitely there for that. And I think after that, and after I picked up the pieces, I said, okay, you know what? Like, if we're going to fix this, like, let's establish some boundaries. Let the first boundary and the only boundary I ask for is in an argument, whenever we have an argument, let's not yell at each other. And please don't, like, clear your chest and, like, try to intimidate me. Let's just start there. That'll be our square one so that we can at least learn to communicate effectively whenever we have a disagreement or express our feelings, you know? And um, so that was like the very first boundary established, whatever. Well, three weeks later, um, there was an argument. And the very first thing that happened was the flaring of the chest and the raising of the voice. And it was an argument over like, I think maybe house things or like, it was just something so small. It's so, so small. And um, I just, and uh, he threw a brush and I, it, not to hit me, but just to like prove a point, I think. Yeah. And uh, he made a dent in the bathroom wall and I just I sat on the edge of the bed and I thought to myself like I just saw my whole life flash before my eyes and I was like it was like God was telling me I'm showing you your entire life if you stay here this is what it's going to be like your entire life if this is what you want this is how it's going to be and so that is the very first time that I honored my boundary and I learned to honor my boundary that was my very first instance of that and I said I and I was quiet and I said, you have to go. This is it. And I, it took him a bit to leave. It took him like maybe two, three months to leave. But there was no intimacy after that. Uh, there was a lot of accusations of like, oh, I know that you're with somebody, blah, 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 and all these things. And I never was. I don't care what it, he said, saw, his assumptions. I never was. I just decided that that was it. And um, that was kind of my, my, um, life-changing moment but I think more than anything it was my my father's death mm-hmm. that changed my life because it it really made me understand that life is so short and it's so precious and every day is such a gift for you to feel for you not to feel the joy in every day because you're in this situation that you know is beneath you you know and it's not serving you and it's not getting you to the next place and you're not glowing and you're not shining and you're unable to fully be yourself. So I think the major pivotal point in my life for my entire life changing was my father's death. And then obviously establishing boundaries and getting to know myself. But that was it for me. Yeah. And I mean, wow, <laughs> there's like a, a, yeah. lo- a lot to unpack there because you, you touched on a lot of things that especially the the ladies that message me over on uh, TikTok, uh, kind of like, do you believe at love at first sight? Which I also say, like you touched on it earlier, you guys were together since you were 14. And I, yeah. I, sometimes I'm like, how do you know? Like, you're 14. Like, for you, you're 14. How do you know that's the person that you, you're going to be with the rest of your life? And I was like, honestly, sure. like me just being honest, I've seen more people break up that are high school sweethearts than people that got on in relationships later on. Uh, and so like, I'm glad you touched on that. And I'm glad you touched on uh, the the whole thing for the kids. I don't have any kids myself. I have like beautiful nephews and niece. I love them to death. Uh, but 
a lot of girls or women, they tend to stay mainly because of the kids. They think they're doing the kids a service when in reality they're not. Like they're hurting the kids more than, you know, uh, than helping. Uh, so I'm glad yeah. I'm glad you touched on that because, you know, um, it, it's weird when like when it comes through like a third person, like their mm-hmm. friends can tell them whatever they want. Their family can tell them wh- whatever they want. But like some stranger will say something and all of a sudden you're like, maybe maybe that person is right. You know, that, that person is right. Your kids have a and this is for everybody watching. Your kids have a higher chance of an opportunity to thrive if you move on from that place and you give them the example of true genuine love. Um, whether it's my my kids uh, dad is in a relationship and I hope I'm not, but I hope that they live together and I hope that in their home they show each other genuine love so that my kids can witness that because that's what shapes them. It's how you love, how you show love and how, like that example is bigger than like you loving your child. Mm-hmm. Them having that stuff. I actually just had this discussion with um, the podcast I filmed yesterday because uh, it was more so she was saying that when she was a little girl, um, her views of men were shaped from her father and I said what affected you more what do you think was more impactful the way that your dad treated you as his daughter or the way that you saw your dad treat your mom and the things that he did to her she said oh absolutely 1000% what my dad did to my mom and how he loved her that was more impactful than the way he treated treated me because I'm his daughter you know no matter what but it's like my views about relationships and men and like the, the love foundation came from watching what my dad did to my mom. And that's why she has a very, like, uh, antagonistic approach to men because of the things that she witnessed from her dad. So I think that the biggest thing that any relationship can have with kids is the way that a man loves a woman and vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's the most beneficial thing for kids. So I think it's best for you to break apart and give your kids an actual opportunity to see genuine love. And maybe it didn't work with the the person that is their mom or dad, like maybe they didn't work, but in separate households, maybe they can witness what it is to have a thriving, loving relationship without chaos and turmoil and all of these things, you know? That's better for kids to thrive mm-hmm. than it is to be just surviving. Like, I, oh my gosh, I would rather die today than have my kids have a marriage or a situation that they just tolerate and are surviving through instead of living and enjoying. Like I, and I, I, I don't want that to be my fault, you know? So I'd rather them learn how to choose themselves and know what healthy is than stay through something that I know is not going to set an example for them. And then later on in life, witness them have horrible relationships because I need to set a better example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad you touched on that because, uh, like the especially with my dad, he, my mom and dad, they're great together, right? But they also like the way I grew up is like not showing any emotion, not being able to communicate. Like I had trouble communicating with anybody I was with because we don't we don't talk about our feelings, we don't show like we don't show weakness. Like we're the man, like we're supposed to be strong. You're not supposed to be like show. Yeah, like we're not supposed we're not supposed to show any sign of weakness, uh, and I learned later on that that's not fully right. Just because at the end of the day, like whoever you're with, they're trying to communicate with you, like how you're feeling, like because not everything, like 
I mean, you know, like, we're not happy every day, you know, like, we go through our ups and downs all the time, like, things happen, I don't care who says, like, there's nobody who's 100% happy, you know, like, we all have our issues, Uh, so, you, going through a divorce now, Mm -hmm. what's the process you took, because a lot of people get, like, are curious about this area right here, like, how do you heal from it, I always tell people it doesn't happen overnight, like, I remember when I broke up with my ex, like, we were, we were together for almost eight years, but then we separated. Yeah, and we we never got married, but it, it still felt like we were together, like, married, basically. Uh, yeah, and so after that, it was just, it, it sucked. Like, I knew it was the right thing. I always tell people I knew it was the right thing, but sometimes the right thing, like, hurts the most, you know, hurt, hurts the most. And now I look back and I'm like, I'm so glad I left that relationship because I was not happy. She was not happy. What's the process that you took in order to heal? Like, did you pick up new hobbies? Did you like uh, go to church? Like, what what were you doing? I think that I did a lot of my healing while still in the relationship. I did like the therapy while I was still in the relationship. I did church while I was still in the relationship. I did. Um, just while I was in the relationship, I knew that it was going to come to an end. And it was just a matter of time for me to get the courage or have that, like, final trigger to end it, to have the courage to end it, you know? Um, so I think that I did a lot of my healing while in the relationship. And I would say it was therapy and a lot of church, a lot of sermons, a lot of worship music, a lot of begging God to remove from my life what doesn't serve me, help me do it, because I didn't have the courage to do it. But again, I feel like my my specific situation is so different and isolated because, again, my father's death just changed my life. Yeah. Like, it really, really did a number for me. I feel like his death, his death saved me. We lost him, but he saved me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he gave me my life back. And I feel like after that, after finally saying like you got to go and all these things it i really didn't struggle the very first day that he left it was like everything was lifted from me like uh that anxiety that fire that i had in my chest he took it with him I, I when i went to sleep that night the first night that he was gone i slept like hella hours straight yeah. the most restful sleep i had had in a really long time and I didn't go to bed with this angst or fire in my chest. And I didn't wake up that way. It was like I, it was like the deepest breath I ever took. And so um, I think I was more than ready when the time came. I was more than ready. Um, and I didn't really struggle. I know a lot of people struggle because, you know, maybe um, the other person decided, you know, or the other person left and they're like blindsided or whatever, you know, like I know a lot of people struggle for a variety of different reasons or because ego. So again, my father's death and in learning things from death, I realized how important it is to kill our ego and move from a place of like love. And it took me some time. Even now I still struggle. Like I get, cause it's always a, a growing, growing and changing. It's, it's growing pains. It's going to be constant. And uh, even now, like I've, like, I do read the Bible and stuff, and I do, like, try to talk to God, and, like, I receive specific instruction to, like, pray for my kid's dad, and even then, my ego won't let me, you know, my, my own self is like, no, he's not my problem, like, let him, 
girls pray for him and his, you know. But then God reminds me, like, but he's your kid's dad. Yeah. Like, he's your kid's That's what you care about. Like, you should care about your kids. Like, and he's your kid's dad. So do it for them. Not for him. For them. And I'm like, you know, but my ego. Like, I have, it's a constant thing of learning to move with love instead of ego. Yeah, and it's one. Uh, I like how you bring up ego because actually, uh, that's one big thing that I talked about the other day. Because, so like I told you, I was with my ex for we were almost together for all, it was about to be eight years. It was like seven and a half years, and uh, what kept me there the longest was the fact like I would think about some other guy touching her, like being intimate with her, and I was like, yeah, no, nope. <laughs> I was exactly, I was like, yep, nope, that, not happening, you know, instant like. You, you, like this weird feeling inside it yeah. <laughs> and i i would hate it and i'm like nope we're gonna make this work we're gonna figure it out you know but then it would go right back to the same thing and when i learned that like you said you got to kill your ego and then once you kill your ego uh like you're able to let go because i remember the when she told me she was leaving usually i i did the whole thing like no don't go we'll work it out like let's do this like we'll do this and then all of a sudden it's good for like a week or two but that time I was just like, I thought about it and I was like, okay. I was like, just let me know when you're coming to get your stuff. And she was like blown away by it because she was expecting for me to be like, no, let's work it out. Let's work it out. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, just let me know when you want to come get your stuff. It sucked. Trust me. I was like, I can't believe I just said that. Like, I can't believe I yeah. just did that. Like, what did I just do? Like, she's going to hate me. But then I just let it play out how it played out. And uh, obviously like some shady stuff happened afterwards, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's oh, it's ego. It's our ego that drives us to want to have it our way or like our refusal to like let somebody go because it's like it's even though we know that it's not serving us, even though we know that they can get, can't give us the life that we want, we refuse to see the possibility of them doing that for somebody else. We don't want to see it. But if you could just release yourself from that ego and separate yourself from that and never look at what they're doing with their life, just worry about yours, ultimate peace, because you know that it wasn't serving you and there's something better coming for you. But it's the ego, and ego is what keeps us in a mess for a long time. What actually helped me at the time, I didn't know it was helping me at the time. So one thing for her to get, like, almost make me seem like, oh, this is what your life is going to be without me. Uh, we were living together. She took everything. She took, like, it literally looked like nobody lived in that house anymore. Like, she took everything. She left me with a bed, a TV stand, and a TV, and my clothes. And then I was yeah. just like, whatever, you know, like, if she wants to take everything, that's cool. But later on, it it helped me get over that relationship a lot quicker because there was no attachment to anything. You know, there was no attachment mm-hmm. to... So now, like, I've had some girlfriends after that, but now... Whatever they give me, like, I get rid of. You know, I get rid of, I want no attachments. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, if it was a pair of shoes, even if, like, if it was expensive, I'm like, I'm good. You know, this is how I'm going to get past this person. This is how I'm going to get over this person. And that's why I always tell people, I'm like, just, it's not easy to get over somebody overnight. And especially if you have kids, because now you have to co-parent. Now you have to, you know, worry about those things. But it takes time. And the worst thing that you can do is nothing and just expect for it to somehow go away like that pain to go away and uh because I, I went through my whole depressed mode like i was just like in the like the house not doing anything and then at at one point i realized i was like dude you need to 
you need to do something. Like this, this is not, this is not it. You're not happy. You go to work, you come home, you lock yourself in the room and that's it like all day. Uh, and then eventually I I started healing. I was like, all right, I got to make sure every day, at least six days a week to the gym. And I I started doing that, started doing that. And then all of a sudden, like you start feeling better. You still feel like you feel like yourself again. Uh, it didn't, again, I'm not saying overnight, this is not an overnight thing. This takes time. Even those days that you were just like, you want to call that person. You want to like talk to him just because you're so comfortable in that situation. I was just like, nah, Mm -hmm. like, let me, let me go to sleep. You know, uh, I'm going to regret calling that person and so on. And then of course, drugs do not help like any sort of drug, like alcohol, uh, getting high. That does, it just makes it worse. Like it makes it worse. It makes you want to call them and then you're going to say something stupid and then you're, or you're going to do something stupid. <laughs> regret it the next day. You're like, damn it. Yeah, Cause <laughs> because i'm not gonna lie i fell for it for a few times you know like uh that's why i'm like trying to tell people yes it's like tempting because it's there like and, and it's something you're used to you're comfortable it's familiar i was like but it, it doesn't do anything because the next day you're like fuck what did i do you know like this is uh we're in an awkward situation now um yeah to yourself even more failure mm-hmm. yeah, the thing you could do is to like distract your mind i think another big thing that is so underrated is to journal so, like, if you're having so many thoughts before you go to bed or, like, whatever, just write it on a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be formal. Just, like, write it out. Like, just let it out of your chest. Um, sometimes it's the best thing you can do because talking all the time, like, people don't need your emotional baggage. People don't need your emotional dump. Even then, when you pay a therapist for an hour, it costs you an arm and a leg. And they're only going to listen for an hour in your shit for an hour. So, just journal. And go to the gym and do self-care things. A lot of self-love things. A lot of positive self-talk is the only way. Because once you start, like, drinking and things like that, is when you, it's like those demons of, like, alcohol and things like that that push you to do something that, again, you know doesn't serve you. Because they want you to be stuck in that. Yeah. They want you to be, like, this place with something that doesn't serve you because obviously the devil's main goal is so that you don't shine mm-hmm. so that you fulfill your purpose is to keep you in these dark dark places you know and you only do it to yourself by doing things that are self-destructive um so it's best to focus on again the gym feel good things yeah something different something to keep your mind distracted that's what i always tell people because the more you sit there and like alone that doesn't help like the more you're going to think about that person the the, the situation and it's going to lead for you to call them text them go over mm-hmm. have them come over like it, that's what that's all it leads it to like uh instead of like keeping your mind distracted with some something positive like you said uh big things that helped me were like audiobooks at the time and also going to the gym i don't i don't do books because i get i get distracted i read like four or five pages and i'm like what the fuck did i just read you know and, <laughs> yeah. and so i gotta go back that's why props to you for going back to school because I, I saw that you started doing that uh not too long ago you started going back to school which is amazing. I, I went back to school too, but uh, I'm actually three classes away. Everyone tells me just go back and get your bachelor's, but um, maybe later on. <laughs> yeah, just trust me. <laughs> I have homework and it's like on the back of my mind right now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so w- when did you decide to start focusing on social media? Because your your social medias have grown. Like you have over, uh, I think like it's 230. 230 something on on tiktok yeah. um 235.8 and then you have like 71 over on instagram and what i've noticed on there i don't know if you did something before 
what I noticed on there that you do like a lot of fashion, like lifestyle, uh, self-help. Let's see, like the the Amazon hauls, which are are funny. Like yours are funny. Like I love your personality (laughs) because that's what sells it. Uh, And at the end of the day, I feel like you're being you, not just like, hey, like come check out this. It looks amazing. It's great. Click this link and go buy it. Like that's like straight cookie cutter. Like, yeah, obviously trying to sell something, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I would say that uh, my social media really has taken off. I think the more that I have found my purpose, the more that I have found my voice, and the more firm I stand in who I am, it has really elevated. Even down to like TikTok. I think on I was I think Tuesday. I, or maybe, I don't remember what day it was. It might have been at some point last week. I don't know, but less than a week ago, I was at like 228. And in a week, we're up 7,000 more followers, you know? And it's all personality-based. And I feel like this is such a big thing for me to highlight that the more you move into loving yourself and into your own self-love and investing in yourself, the more you radiate, the more you grow, and the more you attract the things that are supposed to be for you. So obviously not everybody's going to have the same calling or purpose that I do, you know, or have like a following on social media and things like that. But just in general, the more you will attract everything that is meant for you. The more that you find you and that self-love in you and the love that God has for you, the more you are going to get to the place where you're supposed to be. The more you grow, the more you attract that. Um, So I feel like uh, it took me some time post like the separation and all these things. It took a little bit of time, but it started to grow gradually. I started to share my story, be more open. I started to find my confidence in myself and my being more of myself because I started to, you know, be more. I was finally able to like be me, but I think that I fully started to thrive in like my full energy and who I actually am and not caring what anybody said probably like mid last year. Okay. Like in the series when I really was like, yep, I'm just going to say and do whatever I want to say and nobody's going to tell me nothing and I'm just going to say and be me. And again, that came also from my father's death, but progressively over time, I gained more like confidence in just being myself, you know? Um, and now I'm just, <laughs> like now I'm just me and I feel like, that really helps. And then also, too, I really try to, like, be as engaging as possible. Like, I really try to have a relationship with, with my followers. Like, I try to respond to everybody. Maybe I'll do it off the bat, but within a couple of days, I'm, like, responding to everybody or, like, at least acknowledging and really trying to build that connection because I want more than just a platform. I want something to serve, you know, like, if it makes a difference, thank you. And I get so many messages, especially as of lately. I've gotten so many messages like, like your personality just makes me happy. Like it, it gives me joy to see you. Or some people that are like, you know, I was struggling with this. And like, it's, it, it's so scary to like feel so alone, you know? And I'm so glad that you like with a voice for people who can't have a voice. And I was once in those shoes too. Um, when I was going through what I was going through, I was desperately searching for somebody to show me that there was light at the end of the tunnel. You know? And I did find somebody here on social media. I'm sure you've seen her um, following her name's Alma. Alma Ramirez. I think she sounds familiar. She, she's on TikTok, but she has like 700,000 followers, I think. Maybe even more. And she was one of the people that gave me hope. And I feel like 
we look for that. We desire to, whenever we're going through something, it's like we just want to see somebody that went through something similar and made it or like came out on the other side or like that is vulnerable enough to share their struggles and see them through it, you know, so that they have hope. And I feel like that's a lot of what I'm here to do, you know, it's like be me, but at the same time, share my real testimony. Like, and it, it just gives people hope, you know? I I feel like a lot of people are too scared to share because I, so I started, I was doing the question thing just on my Instagram. I don't know if you've ever done the anonymous thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I've seen you have, you, you've done it. So it doesn't let you do a video response, right? And so right. there was this girl, she was like, well, I'd rather see you answer it in a video. And I was like, nah, that's too much work because then I have to set up cameras and this is and that. And she's like, oh, well, I thought you had a media company. And I was like, well, all right, whatever. I'll do it. I'll do it one time. And I did it one time. It, this was like a late October last year. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the video started doing well and I was like, Oh shit. Like, like, cause I have no filter just like you. Like I, I can, you can ask me whatever and I'll talk about it. And I think what helps me, I always tell people like what helps me with these videos and why they do well is because I was in that position. I, I never paint myself as no saint. Like I put girls in situationships. I've ghosted girls plenty of times. I've hooked up with them just to hook up with them. Like I had my rosters like that. I was that guy and I, I'm not proud of it, but I was that guy. You know, and now I feel like I can try to help other people avoid these situations just because I, I've been there and then uh, and help other guys. Like, let's not do this because uh, I remember I I was trying really hard with this one girl, but I felt more joy in just like focusing on one person than trying mm-hmm. to give your attention to all these other girls. And you're like a little attention here, um, a little attention here, a little attention here. But instead, just like everything all on one person. Like I had mm-hmm. way more. I was like, "Dang, this is actually pretty dope. Like, this is actually pretty cool." But that yeah. that was the one that was like super jealous, so it didn't end up working. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, did you originally when you started posting? So, did you start posting about your life, or did you start posting about just like uh, um, like relationship advice or, or uh, fashion stuff? What was your initial start? At the beginning, obviously, I told you I had a business in the fashion industry. So at the beginning, it was more business related. And then over time, I started to like disclose a little bit more about who I am. I never actually like, I think if I were to actually sit down and share the story of how everything went down, like one part, two part, three, I probably have a million followers right now. Like to do that, you know, but I don't have the energy to do that and nor do I want you to give like a full story time of X, Y, and Z and what went down and et cetera. But I have shared like bits and pieces, like a story here or this is a part of my story, this is a part of my testimony or, or parts of just my life in general. I've also shared some of my failures, like what what some of my failures in my marriage were or what I learned and give advice based on that. So, like, I just did a post recently where I was talking to girls that are, like, 14 to 24, like, hey, just leave the guy because it doesn't end well. It's very rare. It's very a small amount of cases where uh, a relationship can stand the test of time when it's your high school sweetheart because you don't know who you are and you're trying to figure yourself out. And that video got, like, 100,000 views. So, I I just talk about things that come to mind at the moment. You know, or like things that I've gone through that I'm like, I should say that, or something prompted through social media. Like I saw a post and I'm like, it made me think of something in my own life, you know, and then I'll, I'll talk about it quickly. And some of them are just bullshit things like, you know, my followers' secrets and, you know, just 
I don't think I feel like hosting. I don't have like this niche thing. I just want to be myself. Yeah. I don't want to be to be a certain thing on social media. If I want to post about Target today, cool. And tomorrow, if I want to show myself crying because I'm having an emotional breakdown because I miss my dad, then you're going to see that. If the next day I want to shop on Amazon and I bought 30 packages, you're going to see that. You know? So, come here. My dog's calling me. <laughs> my dog's crying. <laughs> I, I, I figured. Yeah, she's up. Uh, she's a baby. She loves me. But, um, so I feel like I just show up in that way. Like, in a very, like, this is what you're going to get. And either some people resonate with that content and some people resonate with different content. But it'll show up on their algorithm in a different way. Yeah. Like, you know, when you watch certain things, like, then that's the type of content that'll show up. So I know that it'll pop up on the algorithm for whatever that person likes to follow me for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's how I feel like that's how my social media kind of grew. Yeah. And it continues to be really thriving. I'm so thankful. Like, I'm so thankful every day for, like, the platform and for it growing and thriving. And I feel like it gives me so much purpose, especially when I receive such positive feedback, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm still a person. I'm still a human. I still need like to have that motivation to keep going, you know, or like to keep pressing forward and doing what I'm doing. Like it serves in a way, you know, but it also provides, it provides for me, it provides for my kids. It gives us a life that, I never dreamed of and I feel so fortunate for that too, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like how you bring that up because um, everyone thinks that you're going to post one video and then all of a sudden you're going to become viral and then all of a sudden you're going to become like an influencer, you know? And like they, they, they look at your profile and they'll be like, oh, like, well, she just started posting like this and that. And then all of a sudden like when the, they get discouraged because I've seen, I've seen it multiple times, especially like fitness influencers, like, there's so many of them and they always like start one. And I'm like, uh, I had a client who came up to me. He said, Hey, I'm, I want to create content for, uh, to be a fitness influencer. I was like, are you sure you want to do that? And he's like, yeah, why? I was like, I was like, because I'm not here just to take your money. Like, of course I want to get paid for wh- whatever we do. I was like, but there's a lot of fitness influencers. I was like, find something that you like to do. Be you like, uh, just because you see some of these like bigger guys, like they, uh, it took time for them to get there. Like for you, it didn't happen. Like you posted one video and all of a sudden like, Hey, look, this is where I'm at. Hell no, dude. My YouTube channel is barely close to getting a hundred K. I've had that for like six years. My second YouTube channel I've had for two years and it's like at 8,000 subscribers. TikTok I've had for since COVID and I'm at 200 and something. There's people who have surpassed me by an insane amount. You know, Keith Lee, the guy that does the reviews about food, he got like 10 million followers in five months. So everybody is case by case basis. But I do think that you do, depending on what your end goal is, you do have to be strategic. So my goal is obviously to feed my kids and have a life for my kids that, and for myself that is of freedom, right? So in that comes, you know, affiliate marketing, brand deals and things like that because I show my personality, right? And then secondly, um, another avenue is showing a very real side of me because without showing a very real side of me, people have nothing to resonate to. Hey, stop it. Stop it. People have nothing to resonate to. So why would they want to buy something that I'm promoting? And they might because it looks good, but it sells more if I, you already know me and my personality yeah. and you're like, I focus, you know, like I focus her. So I know that she ain't lying or I know that if she says it's cool, it's cool. You know what I mean? 
So it resonates. So you have to have an end goal, like with what you're doing and this is what you're trying to do. Like there has to be a, a concept, an idea. And then again, the reason that I talk about real life things and scenarios is because also I'm trying to grow my other platforms and trying to have a podcast to where I can also put advertisements on in the podcast eventually and have another stream of income. But also I'm, I'm also fulfilling my actual purpose in like who I am and in my testimony, you know, and in like giving people hope and, and all these things. So it, it has to have a purpose for it to be valuable and meaningful. Um, I even, I think, I don't know how recently this is, but there was like a girl with like 3 million followers or something. And she's trying to start a brand, right? And nobody bought it. Yeah. Why? Because her content, not only was it, yeah, you had the following, yeah, you had the engagement, but your content wasn't people-based. It wasn't your personality, right? But nobody wanted it. Yeah. And then secondly, or like what your sex and image sold, so unless you're going to sell your body, like it really is not going to translate into anything for you. Yeah, you know? I like how you brought that up because there was a there's this one girl that I know that she has a huge following, and she also tried to push a bunch of stuff, but it didn't really work out. Like the brands didn't want to work with her because you can tell the reason she was big was because obviously she's posting like half naked photos of herself. So of course you're gonna get a bunch of guys that follow you, you know. Uh, but then there's how is what what can you sell with that exactly. But I know somebody who has like a small little profile and every time she posts something her followers engage like crazy like they'll buy it up they'll do everything and i'm like i'd rather do something like that that's why i like doing what i'm doing right now and uh kind of like you like i'm leveraging tiktok like for the podcast which has helped dr drastically because before i would do the podcast before but it was more entrepreneur based right and yeah like right. it, was, it was doing great i had a uh, dollar shave club as a sponsor and whatnot but then everybody started doing it like this podcast popped up doing the similar thing this podcast like but i was like dang everyone's doing it uh and there's only so much you can do but then after i started doing the tiktok videos they were like oh can you talk about it like this uh topic a little bit more i'm like yeah but i don't think you want to sit through like a 10 minute tiktok like of me talking about one topic so i was like let me just like pivot the podcast and ever since i did it and i was like oh shit like this is like game changer and now i have people messaging me saying like hey, like, how much to wear a shirt in your videos? You know, and, like, and so I'm like, oh, shit, like, you want me to wear a shirt and, like, get paid for it? I'm like, I'm, what's up? Like, say less. <laughs> and so, uh, like, recently I had this, uh, I, <laughs> I, had, I like to wear accessories, right? And I had this uh, yeah. company that, like, does bracelets. And they're like, hey, uh, they, they, that was the first time I got one of the creator fund, like, uh, brand deals. Yeah. And so like they sent me I was like, oh shit, like I can make this much money just to talk about your bracelet. I like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I, that's why I'm like laser focused on this. Uh but this I do after hours. That that's what I try to tell people is like they don't see I do my client stuff early during the day. I go and film, I sit here and edit in my studio, I have people come here. But then after that, guess what? Now it follows my stuff. And it's like Yeah, of course, like I can go and like just go home and watch Netflix, not do anything, like and just just hang out, you know, but at the end of the day, like once you see something working and then it, I feel like it's been working for myself, kind of like you, because I've been in that position. And at first I thought people were going to think of me as a piece of shit, you know, like he's that guy, he's that guy that's ghosting girls. He's that guy. He's like, Oh yeah. Like that's the guy that did that to me, you know? And like, and yeah, it sucks. Cause I did it, but I was like, I'm just trying to 
help people now. Like I'm just trying to help people. I'm just trying to be different. I'm trying to communicate a lot more uh, because that was a big thing before. Uh, I was I didn't really communicate with whoever I was with. I, they would ask me what's wrong. I'd be like, no, I'm fine. But no, nothing was fine about me. You know, like I had a whole bunch of issues going on. But I'd just be like, no, I'm good. Uh, and that's something uh, I also tell some of these ladies to just to be aware of. Like when we're growing up, a little boy falls off the bike and you tell him, hey, man up, boys don't cry. Like, don't show emotion. A little girl falls off and you're like, hey, it's okay, babe. Like, you're fine. You can cry. Like, and that has a lo- like a long-term effect because especially in the Hispanic community, when you're a guy in the Hispanic, like, you can't cry. Like, if you cry, you're like, stop crying. Like, you're a guy. Like, you're a man. Man up. Uh, or if you show any so- uh, type of emotion to your friends or anything like that instantly you're just like dude like what the fuck is wrong with that dude you know like uh but they're going through like similar situations you know what i mean like i I remember one time i did something happened i went to go talk to uh, someone who i thought i could rely on they're kind of like man up dude and i'm like bro it's not even like that you know like it's a lot more issues going on but (laughs) uh uh, so do you think you are struggled with like uh, putting yourself out there because of possibly feeling like imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I feel that all have, the time. Right? It, I feel like that's a very thing. Yeah, it's a huge thing, especially like in uh, like having my own company, which was I was scared enough to do it on my own. Like, because I I did have the the retail stores broke up, didn't work, uh, and then I started working in ninety five. And then that's when I was like, all right, I need to figure out something else. That's when I started doing like media and I started doing my own media company and that blew up. But at the same time, I'm like, bro, like you have like these major production companies, like, and sometimes they message me instead of then I'm I'm like, damn, like, am I even like qualified to do that? You know, like uh, I I go through that all the time Uh, or even like TikTok. I'm like, bro, like some of these dudes have like millions and millions of followers and I'm over here sitting like at 44,000 and I'm like, damn, like am I supposed to be doing this? You know, like I always question myself, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, nah, you, whatever you put your mind to, like you've been able to like kill it and crush it. Um, but I, like the whole communicating thing, I, I feel like that's something if I were to have kids or even my nephews, I would want them to communicate more. Cause recently my nephew has been getting in a lot of trouble in school. Um, he's in middle school and I'm like, Hey man, I was like, if you have any like issues at school, I was like, just message me. You have my, my number, call me whatever issues you have, like, you can call me. I know sometimes uh, your mom's going to yell at you, your dad's going to yell at you, uh, but call me and I'll talk to you, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, okay. But he's he's messing up a lot. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like... Yeah, so, yeah, I feel it. <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to touch on, just because a lot of people were tagging me and, like, asking me, like, what I thought on it. Recently, I mean, I, I, a little bit recently, you've been talking about 50-50 relationships, right? You've been talking about, uh, so for those listening, 50, 50 relationship is usually like whoever you're with, you can be married or just boyfriend and girlfriend, but you guys like split the bills. Like one person pays this, one person pays that. Or, uh, I don't know what you call it. Somebody, when, when they commented, they're like, what do you think of the princess? What was it called? What did they say? Princess something. Uh, I can't remember, but that was when the guy takes care of the, the woman. Right. Uh, and they asked me what my thoughts were and I'll, I'll just let you know where I sit on that. So I told them, I totally agree with a, with a 50, 50, or if you want to do a, a provider, I was like, but 
to find someone who's going to provide for you and live comfortably, you're going to be single maybe a little bit longer. I was like, so I just want you to know that. I was like, there's not, those guys aren't everywhere. Uh, and if they are, they're probably already in a relationship or they're probably cheating on whoever they're with with multiple other girls. I was like, so you run into that issue. So another issue that I've seen was like when a guy who lives paycheck to paycheck is trying to do that for his girl, he's stressed out. He's struggling. Like he's fed up. Like the relationship's not working because he's working double shifts, triple shifts just to provide for, for the girl and for the guy. I was like, so it just depends on like, do you want to grow with somebody? Like you can, like you can do that. You can grow with somebody, get with somebody, and then you guys can build something. Or it, to find somebody who's already like living comfortably and then bring you on. I was like, you might have to wait a little bit longer for that because those guys just aren't everywhere. Right. And so, um, so you really want to get into this. Okay. <laughs> this is a very, very complex topic. It is. But the very short answer is that you have every right to want whatever life you want for yourself. And it is up to you to decide what works for you and what doesn't work for you at the end of the day, right? Like, it's whatever you want for you. Now, that being said, it is a very complex topic in terms of what 50-50 could mean. Because 50-50 could mean a variety of different things to different people. Some people could say, well, the husband provides and then the wife cooks, cleans, and is at home. And she's with the kids. You know, that could mean that for somebody. Um, there's, there's so many definitions of what defines a 50-50 relationship or what defines a relationship in general because everybody has their own set of rules for what that means, right? But for me specifically, I came from a 50-50 relationship in terms of finances and in terms of the home and kids, it was like 80-20, mm-hmm. right? Um, in terms of my marriage, right? Um I will never, ever go back to a 50-50 relationship in terms of finances, ever. I want to find somebody and be with somebody that is fully capable of providing for me and giving me a better life than I can give myself. If you cannot give me a better life than I can give myself, then I don't have time for you. Because if I can give my life, give myself more than you can give me, then I don't want it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in my experience and in being married, it caused a lot of problems in terms of like him being emasculated, right? And when a man feels emasculated, then it creates insecurity, right? No fault of his own, you know, like, but again, it creates an insecurity because he feels emasculated because now I'm making more money, right? Or I'm at this level and you're at this level and that creates emasculated him being emasculated. When a man is emasculated, he is incapable of making decisions. He is incapable of leading. And then that causes bigger problems because then that makes the woman start to be more in her masculine energy than thriving in her feminine energy. So now she's making decisions. Now she's carrying the stress of the house. And that's not a life I want anymore. That's not a life I want for myself. I want a life full of peace. And I only want somebody who can provide for me more than I can give myself. Now, does that mean that I'm going to stop working or that I'm not going to contribute anything? No, but I don't want it to be a requirement. 
you should be able to give me the life that I have now without it requiring my contribution for myself. And yes, that's probably going to mean that it's going to take me some time to meet the right person. But I have full faith that God has that person for me. And I have full faith and patience to wait for that person. If that means I got to date a couple frogs, weed them out or whatever, guess what? I'm one step closer to meeting the person that's going to fulfill my needs because God's not going to tell me, nope. He knows exactly what I need and what I want and what is going to allow me to thrive to fulfill my full purpose, you know? And um, so I want that for myself. That's that's what I, I define it as. I don't want a 50-50 relationship in terms of finances. But I'm never going to stop working. Yeah. I love working. I love working. I love what I do. I love just, I, I love to work and I'm always going to have an income regardless. I'm always going to have an income, but I would like my income to be an added bonus. And then there are men out there, ladies, there are men out there who literally don't give a shit about your check. They don't care what you make. They don't want it. Like they don't care. They're like, keep it, whatever. Like that's the kind of life I want. And they exist. They're in my comments, even the men, are in my comments that are like, oh, I do that for my wife. My wife works and I don't even know what she makes. Like she keeps all her money, you know, and whatever, yeah. you know? And there's women in my comments too that have expressed that their husbands like never ask them for a dime. You know, that's the kind of life that I want. And um, I know what my value is. And I know that anything that a man puts before me or a man's friends, I know how to multiply. You know, I know how to be a backbone. I know how to be strong i'm not a toxic person i'm not going to add stress to your life like i'm in such a healed positive space that i can only be in addition to your life you know and i want that same balance so that i can fully thrive in that feminine energy and be a safe place for you in a place where you could be vulnerable and in turn i feel safe and protected and provided for you know what i mean um so i feel like i said it's a very complex topic and it has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people but that's what I mean for myself. I know you have questions. So No, yeah, so I also said the same thing like uh like if I was with somebody and if they wanted like knowing me and the type of person that I am, I know I'm going to get with somebody who's also a hustler. So I know they're going to be grinding. So that it can't like if if she wanted to stay home with the kids like or if we had kids or whatever, cool. That that works with me. Like I don't care like I I'm still going to hustle, I'm still going to grind, I'm still going to do my thing. If you want to go out and work and like do your own thing, cool, do your thing. Like I don't like I'm worried about like growing this and like providing for whatever. You know what I mean? Like building this company, doing this. Uh if you want to work, cool. If you don't want to work, cool. That's cool too. Uh but it did take a little bit to get to that spot. You know what I mean? Like I remember living paycheck to paycheck, you know, uh and that was it was stressful. And then we had the businesses, of course, during that time, they were doing amazing. Like the money was just coming in and we're, I was spending it like crazy, which stupid mistake. Uh, I was spending it like crazy because I'm like, it's just it, it's going to keep coming in. Like uh, that's when I learned a valuable financial uh, uh, lesson during those times. Can I pause you there? Yeah. So that's, that's another point. I think people have to understand where I am in life, too, and why my standard is that because I'm 34 years old. I've already built a multi-million dollar business. I've already done X, Y, and Z. My accolades speak for themselves. You know what I mean? So I'm not in my 20s. Yeah. So if I was in my 20s relationship, then yeah, of course my ideals are going to be like, let's build together until you get to a place where you can fully provide for us. You know, it's different. 
oh, how can she build with me together? You know, like you're going to look at her character because you don't want to send the girl because yeah. you're over here hunting like that, but not necessarily because you need to make ends meet. And I think that's also a big factor. It, it's funny. Where you are. So I want to get your input on this. So I actually got shitted on not too long ago because I said this, uh, not on TikTok. I didn't say it on TikTok, but I said it to somebody because they were trying to shoot their shot with me, right? And I was just like, mm-hmm. you know what? You're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I was like, but we're just in two different places in life. Mm-hmm. I was like, and you're looking for an out. You know, you're looking for an out. And don't get me wrong. This girl was gorgeous. But I I, t- I told my buddy who like I t- ended up not going with this girl because obviously I didn't like that she worked at a fast food restaurant place, right? And so I was like, imagine if the roles were flipped. I was like, imagine her working, like doing what I'm doing and me working at the fast food. I was like, do you think she would give me the time of day? And she, and he was like, no. I was like, so what, like, why do I have to give her the time of day? I was like, if I know what I want, I want a girl who's a, a hustler, um, like knows what she wants, great communication, uh, is doing her own thing. Not, not necessarily, hey, like, l- let's do my thing. Like, forget your thing. Uh, like, whatever she's doing whether it be like trying to build her career um like even if, i was like even if it's like fitness like busy with something i was like because now she's going to understand why i pull long hours why i do what i do um but i got shitted on by her because she's like oh you you're like she used like i was degrading what she was doing for a living i was like no it's, it's not even that uh i was like if the if the roles were switched you wouldn't give me the time of day i was like let's be honest and okay, so these are stemmed again, your ideals are stemmed from your experiences, right? Or where you've gotten to this place in life, right? So, but then there's no saying that there would be another type of guy that has had a different type of life or maybe hasn't worked as hard as you to get to where he is, or maybe has made 25 times what you make and he wouldn't mind taking her out of that and just making her a princess at home because he was like, this is. I can do that for you, you know? So, um, she can wait for that. You know, you can wait for that because there are men who will do that. There's somebody for everybody, you know? And there are men who will do that. If she's looking for a meal ticket and she's patient enough, there's a man who would, if he's, there's, I mean, I know you've heard the stories of like actors who have met waitresses and now their wives and wives become, you know what I mean? Like, for everybody and um but at the same token like i don't feel that you should settle for your less less for yourself as well like i feel like you should always be adding value to yourself so i also feel again on your side too in terms of like you working at a fast food restaurant like girl we're in our you know late 20s and you're still doing this like what have you done with the rest of your life you know because you want somebody to add value to your life but then for that's in your case but then there will be a man whose only value that he needs for a woman is to have, to be his arm ten, you know, and he can do everything else, yeah. you know, and that is, so it's all, this is why I feel like this topic is so complex because it's all situational. It's all based on what you want and what you're willing to wait for and what you're not willing to accept and what you are willing to accept, you know, like for me, I, again, I, and I don't cook and I don't clean and I won't <laughs> do that. And I won't, and I'm not going to, uh, I, that's not something I'm going to sugarcoat. Like I have a housekeeper and I buy meal prep and I like to eat out and it's very rare that you'll see me in the kitchen. I can do it. 
but it's not my thing and I don't like that. And so somebody who is going to choose to be with me is going to have to be okay with that. And a lot of people attack me for that too. Like, oh, you're never going to find somebody. Well, the funny thing is that I dated a guy recently that didn't like anything out of the ordinary. Like literally his freaking diet was like chicken strips, like burgers, like the simplest things. So it's not true that a woman has to cook. And I had asked him about his previous relationship. And I was like, well, with your ex-wife or whatever, like, he's like, yeah, dude, my mom would trip and be like, oh, she doesn't even cook for you. And he's like, don't worry about her not cooking for me because I don't give a shit. I'd rather go to Tom's, you know, I'd rather go buy a burger and fries, yeah. you know? So it's a crock of shit. Like, everybody wants to push whatever agenda they want to push on you. And it's like, no, you're entitled and to want whatever you want for your life. And there will be somebody who fits that. Yeah, it, it's funny because that, that's how my mom is. Like, she's like, you need to find someone who cooks and cleans, like this, is and that. Like, they, they live, like, like, the whole, uh, I was supposed to be married and had kids, had a the white picket fence, like a family, a nine to five by, like, 24. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. but that's never, like, like, that's never been my mindset. I'm like, why? Like, and then the more I've been hanging out with more uh, people who make way more than me, and I'm like, bro, like, like you learn how to level up. And that was the cool thing because before my ex was making way more than me. And instead of me being insecure, I was like, how do I level up? You know, like, how do I get better? Like, because this is not working. Like, whatever I'm doing, whatever I was taught over here is not working. You know, like, let me do this. And then slowly, like, I, I hang around with uh, people who are doing, like, really well. And I just, like, learn. I just learn, like, how to level up. And uh, that takes time, you know, that, that's take time. And th that's why I'm like, I want someone who has goals, like has a purpose in their life, you know, like they want to do something, even if it's not like something new, like some of the first things that I ask girls on, on first dates is like, you know, like, what's your short term goals? Like, what's your five term, like five year goals? And they're like, you really asked that? I was like, yeah, because I'm not trying to waste my time. I'm not trying to waste her time. I'm like, if she, I remember a girl told me, she's like, well, I don't know. I was like, all right, well, this is, this dinner's on me. Don't worry about it. I was like, but after this, I was like, we out. Like, I'm out. And uh, yeah. it, it just, you learn over time, like, what you want, and you're not going to settle for less. That's why I always tell people not to settle for less, because I've been single for a little over two years now, and I'm I'm in no hurry to find somebody. I'm not like, hey, like, let's date, hey be my girlfriend hey like no like any little red flag i see i'm like i'm out and i'm sorry for like the people who like i've talked to but the moment you give me a red flag the moment i i feel like oh shit what, what was that i'm out i was like because i don't want no negativity i don't whoever i'm with i want to be able to like fully trust you like fully like know that you're the right person of course nobody is perfect at the end of the day but like there's just some things that some people do you're just like uh yeah no that's not yeah. <laughs> and I know you were recently talking about uh, red flags. So a question that I had for you is like, what are some red flags that you see when, when you go on dates? Oh my gosh. Cause, so the, cause some I, of these men, some of these men are wild. And... Uh, yes. So I think that I have really, really, really learned to watch people's actions now. So I had a boyfriend post my um, marriage and then after him I dated and a little bit before him I dated too and I think oh, progressively over time now I have really learned to watch actions rather than words so for example 
um, a big red flag to me is if you're not a leader, right? If you can't take initiative. So if you are not taking that initiative to say, I'm going to see you on Tuesday, like, then that's already telling me about your character. Like, you don't have that in you to have initiative. So then I think I start thinking big picture. Okay, he doesn't have the initiative, so at the bare minimum, ask me on a date within a couple of days of talking to me, right? So if he doesn't have that initiative, then he's going to lack the initiative to plan dates, to plan things that are important to me, to pay uh, attention to detail. So, like, I now observe all of these things because these little things are big things oh, yeah. later. They're big things later. And so now I observe a big thing for me is uh, leader leadership mentality, right? So I asked about your life. So I asked questions like in your previous relationship or let's say at work, for example, what do you do at work? You know, if you tell me that you've been in the same position for 10 years, then that tells me that you have no leadership. You have no desire to elevate. You have no desire to grow. You're okay with being stagnant. You like complacency. I don't want a complacent person. I don't want somebody that doesn't know how to lead because I don't want to lead. I want to lead and or I want you to lead and I want to follow. So I need to, I observe all of these things. Like I observe scenarios. I observe the way that you move. Um, that's the way that I analyze red flags. Um, I know a lot of these uh, red flag things too could be very generational because like some people say like Snapchat is like a red flag. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like to me, I'm like, okay, why is Snapchat a red flag? Like, I don't know, you know? But in the younger generation, it's like, a thing, you know, or maybe even in ours, but I just never experienced that. Or maybe because talking to like older men, I just never experienced that Snapchat is like a red flag, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think it's generational too, but I think for me, it's more like these bigger things. Like, do you show initiative? Um, do you show leadership? Do you show integrity? Do you show uh, respect? How do you express yourself about like the women in your family, whether it's your daughter or your mom or your ex-wife how do you express yourself about your exes you know what are the things that you say about women in your life then that's going to tell me a lot about your character you know rather than just what you say yeah watching how you and i'm glad you bring up actions because at the end of the day like a lot of these girls like they're like oh how long before like some of these questions i'm like girl like are you serious how long before (laughs) like we've been talking for five months and he hasn't asked me on oh, a date. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, like, if you were in front of me, I'd probably slap you, okay? Like, just because, like, we need to knock some sense into you. If a guy is interested in you, when I'm interested in a girl, like, say I meet a girl, I'm like, oh, dang, like, I get her number and so on. I'm going to try to hang out with her as soon as possible because I don't want her to find somebody else. What was that? It's a competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so... And, and and so this is why I tell him, I was like, you're probably not on top of the roster. Because I remember at, when I had my little rosters going on, like, I if number one was like, yo, let's hang out, clear the schedule, like, we hanging out. Like, I don't care what happens. Yeah. If number three is like, hey, like, can we hang out? I'm like, yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Like, well, I'll let you know on the weekend. Uh, but, but it's hard because this is why I'm trying to help him. I was like, I was that. I'll say I, I was that piece of shit that I was doing that to, to, to girls. And I'll, that's why I own up to it now. And uh, right now I do get a lot, not a lot, but I do get messages from guys that tell me to shut up just because 
one guy he got in trouble because uh he his his roster got exposed off his phone uh yeah i'm telling that's what i'm saying i'm like not every guy is like this but i was like but a lot of guys are like this like a lot of guys like trust me if uh, there's one guy he's like man you need to stop talking shit he's like i don't have a roster i was like bro I can tell you don't have a roster. Like, I'm not trying to be rude. I was like, I can tell you don't have a roster. I was like, it's a, it's a little yeah. hard. For me. Uh, yeah, I know that. And so, I feel it. I feel it. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad you bring up these red flags just because I, I want guys to be a little bit more, communicate more with uh, these ladies. Um, and then these ladies also to be able to see some of these red flags and know that something little in the beginning is going to be big later on if you see them like somewhat like when they play around getting mad that someone liked your stuff you know like oh who was that oh i'm just playing oh no 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 no. like that's he really felt that and then later on trust me if you get in a relationship with that person he's gonna be like who the is that guy like and and so like it's bigger and that's why that's why just like you i i pay attention to all these little red flags in the beginning like like, why'd you do that? You know, like, that's kind of weird. Like, that's, you know, that's instantly I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. You know, uh, I went on a date and some girl, was she was on her phone most of the time. And I'm like, I'm here. I asked you out on a date to hang out with you, to get to know you. So I, to me, I feel like I reserved from like 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. to get to know you. You could have told whoever Hey, I'm going to be out. I'm going to be doing this. Sometimes I do get business calls, but I let them know ahead of time. I'm like, sometimes I do get a business call or a text that I have to respond to right away, but I'll let you know. I was like, but for the most part, never on my phone. Uh, but she was just like scrolling on her phone. And I'm like, am I that boring? Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I that boring? After that, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't care how hot you are. Like, this girl was gorgeous. And like, if you would see her, you'd be like, damn, like you got her. I don't know. Well, maybe she wasn't looking at me when she said yes, but uh, she was probably looking at her phone. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, some of these girls, like you, you have to pay attention to a lot of these things and don't just assume the first person you go on a date with, that's the person. Like that's who you're going to focus on. Uh, and that's where a lot of people um, like make a mistake. They'll think, oh, this person asked me on a date. This guy is like, the one guy I'm supposed to focus on. No, like, eh, go on a date with him. Eh, go on a date with this guy too. You know, if you like this guy more, okay, like, come back, go on a date with this guy. Like, uh, there's no reason to be like, oh, we've been talking for two weeks and he wants to be, that's another red flag. Like, how are you going to date for two weeks? And then all of a sudden ask to be girlfriend and boyfriend. I'm like, how? Like, how? Like, I, you barely even know this person. Like, you probably don't even know, like, their freaking passwords to their Netflix, you know, like, and things like that. People jump the gun they're too worried about finding someone. I, I think what's helped me a lot, I don't know if it's helped you, is I got used to being alone. You know what I mean? Like I love Exactly. And, and I know you talked about it. You touched on that earlier. Yeah, like, I'm always alone. Like 98% of the day, I'm alone. If it's not with clients, somebody I'm working with, I'm alone. I'm alone in my studio. I'm alone at home. I'm alone. <laughs> you know? And I like being alone. At first... When, when I first started doing it, yeah, it did get, you're like, man, I wish like somebody to talk to, you know, but then eventually you, you learn how to keep yourself busy. Uh, you focus more like, and now I'm sure you have your kids that you take a lot of your uh, attention up, like, especially when you have them. Um, mm-hmm. so dating, I know, I know we've been going for a while. I don't want to take too much more of your time. Oh, okay. I'm 
I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right, because there's there's just a lot of topics that I want to I want to touch on just because we do talk about similar topics. So well, to end with the dating, yeah, just the dating part. Like, just be very careful um, with not romanticizing somebody to be what you want them to be, just because you're attracted to them physically. Because I think that's another big mistake that we do, and again, driven by ego. That we want to romanticize somebody, especially women do this for men, that we want to like, oh no, but he, he opened my door, you know, or like, we just like, or we try to make something bigger out of something so small because we want it so bad, you know? And I think that that's the one feeling that you should always pay attention to is like when you start to want it so bad, because then that's telling you already, like, why do you, you should question yourself at that point. Why do you want this so bad? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you keep, romanticizing this so much you know and that's what i'm saying like just focus more on like their actions and that'll tell you more about their character um when you're dating and i haven't had the best dating experiences myself same like like, just dating i mean dating is just a crock of shit (laughs) (laughs) like i can't like this is too much like i oh my gosh i can't like and I and I almost like I almost want to not date. Like I almost would rather just spend those two hours with people I actually like, and like, or by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Go on some of these dates because it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't. It, and it, go ahead, go it, ahead. It's funny. I I went. Uh, like I said, I'm a little over two years uh, being single, but I have gone on dates, and sometimes I'm just like. Yeah, this is why I'm single. Like, this is like, yeah. <laughs> especially like some of the things they do. And then all of a sudden, like, uh, you tell somebody, hey, I went on a date with this person and be like, oh, shit, like, she's over here. Like, she's hanging out with this person and this person. Like, I'm just like, I'm good. Like, I'm not here to compete with nobody. Like, I know what I bring to the table. If you want to go and like mess around with a bunch of different dudes, I was like, I'm good. My last date, I told all my friends after that, I was like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not saying we're fucking done with this shit. He, like, he didn't have any kids and he's like oh um do you want kids like this is a big deal to me and i was like no i have three already i don't want any more i don't want no baby daddies nothing like one is enough i'm good i don't want any more and then um like we still kept the conversation going and then like major red flag he was like well you know like i mean I wouldn't mind like being a stepdad instead and i'm like dude like are you that desperate like like, you know that you want a child of your own. He's like, what's well, because you're just so beautiful. And like, you know, like, I get it. Like, that you don't want any. And maybe I'm at the age where I just need to accept that I'm not going to have any. It's like, no, you fucking don't. Like, I'm just not for you. You know, like, what my, where I'm at and where you're at, we're two different people. And that's cool. Like, we can and finish our dinner, enjoy, have our drink, and then go our separate ways and just decide, like, this isn't for you. Because the reality is that you do want a kid of your own. And I don't want any. And that's just point blank. Don't romanticize this. Even men do it. See? Yeah. Like you're romantic. Oh, because I have kids. Well, maybe you could just be a stepdad. Like, no, motherfucker, you want kids. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to give you, so this is not going to work. You know, it's just yeah. like, stop romanticizing. Stop, stop making it more than what it is. Stop trying to put your own little story. Just take it from point blank. But it's very fucking black and white. Yeah. It, and that's like, Dude, if guys are this retarded still in their fucking late 30s, like, that you're willing to compromise 
the desire of being a father for a girl because she's beautiful. <laughs> it's funny because I get this question all the time, like, do I want kids? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm, if it happens, it happens. That's what I tell them. I'm in no hurry to get kids. I've dated girls with kids and I know what comes with that. And it sucks because like sometimes when you do date some of these girls that have kids, you get attached to the kids. I get attached to kids because I love kids, whether it be uh, my like nephews. I love them to death. Like just the kids, like my friends, kids and stuff like that. I love I love kids. Like I love being around them. They're cool. Uh, and so I get really attached to kids. That's why sometimes I'm like, they're like, oh, like we're going to go do this. And I'm like, oh, do I really want to get involved? You know, because then if it doesn't work out, because I remember the last girl that I did date that had kids, that detachment was hard, you know, like uh, because you get so used to this kid. And I'm and I love kids. Uh, and so it was hard. I was more worried about the kid than her. You know what I mean? Like, uh and so, yeah, and, and so guys sh- should be up front too. Like guys should be up front. Like if you really like it, inside, if you're like, okay, yeah, I want a kid, let them know. Because at the end of the day, like if you don't want kids and he wants a kid, it's probably not going to work out because like you're going to bring up the conversation now or later, you know, and then now it's going to be a fight later on because you're so like, Hey, no, like I got three, I'm good. We're good. Uh, and he's gonna be like, "Well, one more. What about me?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it just those arguments. If you're dating with intention, because there's two different types of dating, right? There's dating because you're dating for fun, and you're just trying to go out, have fun, get drunk, eat, whatever. But if you're dating with intention, be sure you're clear about what your intentions are and what exactly it is that you want, and don't waver from what it is that you want, because that's when you set yourself up for failure. You know. Stick to what you want. If you want more kids, you want more kids. You don't, cool, bye. You know, you want um, to travel the world? I don't. I want a white picket fence. This ain't going to fucking work. Go. You know, like next. You know, if you're dating with intention, because now you're just going to continue with your fucking time. And you're going to try to mold somebody to be whatever you want them to be and vice versa. And it's just not going to fucking work. Yeah, It's just not. That's what I always tell this. Like, don't try to... Uh, like, especially some of these questions that I get too, like, cause I know a lot of these girls are going to listen is like, they always say like, Hey, is this person going to change? No, because what, what happens a lot of the times, like when I go on a date with somebody, I talk the way I talk. I'm going to curse. I'm going to make my jokes. I'm a goof. I know how to be serious when I need to be serious, but I'm going to be me. If you don't like me, cool. It's not going to work. You know, this is how, like, I'm not going to try to, cause before Guys will try to portray like they're this perfect person. They don't swear. They have like a career going. They have goals and so on and so forth. And they don't. You know, they're just putting on this front just to impress the girl. For what? To hook up with the girl. Come on, guys. Like, I've been there. I've done that. But now, like, when you're actually focused on stuff, you're like focused and you know what you want. Like, I know what I want. Like, if you don't bring that to the table, then guess what? We're not going to work. Like, I'm just sorry. Like, it's not going to happen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, so I had a couple questions, like, now that you're, like, back on the dating scene, where, where do you go? Because this is a popular question, they're like, oh, well, where do I go to find a, a good guy? Uh, should I go on a date with a guy on social media? Should I go, I always give the advice because if you go to a bar, you're not going to find the right person. If you go to the club, you're not going to find the right person, like, be, because they're there, because I, I just from experience, when I would go to the clubs and bars, it's to find a girl to hook up with. Like, that's what I'm doing. 
You know, I'm not going there to be like find a, a part, a lifelong partner, you know. Uh, so where do you try to find some guys to date? I feel like that's debatable, what you just said. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why. Um, because I feel like anywhere and everywhere is a possibility to meet somebody. Where do you go? I have no fucking clue. Where do you go? I have no fucking clue. I have tried a dating app. I have tried um, social media, like our meeting somebody through social media. And the more I have developed who I am, I don't want to date any guy that has any social media. Or if he does, he has to have like the bare minimum of a social media that he just exists because he follows his friends and he watches like fucking wrestling or some shit, you know? Like the bare minimum for me. That's my standard, right? Um, but I'd have to disagree with you on the bar, the club, and etc. Because at least at my age, right? 30 plus, 35 plus, dating 35 plus, right? Because I get it for like 20 year old guys. You know, not in the bar, not at the club, because they're just trying to see where they can hit, what they can smash, or whatever. But because of my age range and because my family members, my guy cousin, my brother, and they're good guys and they're looking for real relationships, and we go out a lot. So if they were to meet somebody at a bar, a club, that's literally where you'll find us. You're going to find us at a rave. We're going to a rave this weekend. You're going to find us at a rave. You're going to find us at a club. You're going to find us at a bar because we like to go out and have fun. And it doesn't make us any less me. I think I am a fucking catch. And where do I go? I go to race. I go to clubs. I go to bars. That's what I do. You know? And I'll, you can find me at fucking Home Goods at Target. You know? <laughs> fucking Chipotle. But like, you can find me. They're cute. But would you take a guy seriously that approached you at the bar? Like, say he... I would. Like... I would. I'm going to observe you. Mm. It's going to take me some time to observe you, of course. I'm not off the first date. I'm not going to be able to see everything about you. But in a course of like three months and dating you, I am going to see how you move. I am going to see what you're about. I am going to see if you're in your bag. I am going to see more about your character. So, yeah, I would give you a fair chance. Because, again, my cousin, good man. He's my age. He's a good man. Ambitious, bold, businesses, working on himself. Like, he's just a good man, period. And what he likes to do on the weekends, we go out, we go have drinks at the bar, we go to the club because we love fucking music, and we love to rave. We literally buy every freaking rave at after party. And you'll find us there from dusk till dawn, okay? But he's a good man. Like, and any girl who were to meet him would have hit the lottery, you know? Because he's a good man. So if he exists and he does the same things that I like to do, then there's somebody that exists that I can meet potentially. And that's why I would give anybody anywhere a fair chance. Now, again, this is my age group, though. So 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, you know? Yeah. I think for 20s, if you're 25, you just start bumping at the club. Like, you don't know how to keep that shit in there in his pants or what. He just Again, age also kind of makes a difference, you know? So that's actually, I'm glad you bring that up because that's actually another uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about just because we're we're the same age. I usually don't date girls that are younger than me just because I never tell people, hey, like, because I remember when I was in my 20s, right? Going out, partying, hanging out, doing the thing, like not really caring about shit. Uh, that's where I was at. I was like, yes, you can find someone 
who is younger and is more mature. I was like, me, it's more about where their mindset is at just because that's way more, bigger than me than like what, like I want to know where they're at mindset. Cause I remember I did go on a date with a girl. She was like, I think she was like 22 and you can instant, oh, <laughs> instantly the, 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 the conversation you can tell was immature. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh wow. Like this is not it. This is not, this is why I don't go on dates with like girls that are younger. So, uh, that's why I was like, I, I would prefer to have like go on dates or be with somebody who has experienced life. That's how I explained. I was like, I want somebody who's experienced life, has experienced downs, ups, like you name it, traveled a little bit, uh, <laughs> been with different partners. So they know what they want. Like instead of being like with someone who hasn't had a serious boyfriend or just been like one serious boyfriend, you know what I mean? Like you run into those issues. So does would age play a big factor for you? Now, yes, um, I did date younger, and I don't have anything against younger, but if it were to be younger, it can only be like two years, maybe if that, and it would you would have to be like on another level of secure, like on another level, like top notch secure. But I don't think that, um, I don't think that. I would want to date younger. If I were to make an exception, it would be that. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's it. Um, but my my desire, no. I would prefer somebody who's between my age and like five years older than me, Mac. Mm -hmm. You know, because I feel like we have experienced some of the similar some similar things already. Maybe divorce, mm -hmm. kids, you know, career. Things like that, you know? So I, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, see, and that's what people don't understand because there was another girl who was trying to get me to go on a date with her and she was 24. And I'm just like, there's nothing wrong with you. I was like, you, you're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I was like, it's just, I don't feel like the... What would you guys talk about? Exactly. Like, th th that's the biggest thing is like, we don't have nothing to talk about because you haven't really experienced life. Like, I've gone, I've lived a hell of a life, Right. Like, I've gone through ups and downs. I've got shot at. I've gotten stabbed. I've gotten, like, robbed. I've almost robbed. I've traveled by myself, like, seen some sketchy shit. Uh, what have you done? Like, you went to college, partied? Like, <laughs> it's, you, you don't have any, any, any real basis of a relationship. Like, any real foundation to have any, like, discussions, really. Because it's like, your lives are so different, you know? And, like, where you've been is so different. And maybe, like her desires as opposed to your desires and where your mentality is it's so different it just doesn't work like, that's way freaking young yeah yeah and like me like i told you mentioned earlier i listen to a lot of podcasts i watch a lot of documentaries like when i'm editing uh i listen to audiobooks and stuff so i can have a conversation in a lot of different areas i may not be an expert in a lot of different areas but i can hold a conversation on a lot of things and so uh mm -hmm. When you're a lot younger, like even just based off experience, like you say, oh, hey, like this happened. I'm like, oh, dang, like this happened to me too, you know, like, but this, like it went this way. And then you have something to talk about. And then you guys both learned from that situation and you can grow from there. And then they're just like, oh, dang, that's crazy. And you're just like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, cool, like I'm out. Oh. Like, yeah. What, what, I feel it. Yeah. What was it's the. What was the youngest you you had dated? Uh, four years, four years. And it was so not my ex four years uh, younger than me. Um, it wasn't necessarily his age. Uh, that would have 
the issue, I would say, because in terms of like emotional uh, maturity to have like real conversations, he had some of the best communication uh, that I had experienced based on like my ex-husband to that. Um, but then over time, progressively, it's like uh, the places that we were at in life were just two very different places, and there were still things that he needed to mature in and, um, like, work on on his own. Mm-hmm. That couldn't be done, you know, because and then it became more of, like, a motherly role than, like, a relationship role. You know, it was more like I'm being here for you to evolve, and it's like, that's not what I wanted, you know? I wanted to be in a relationship with, uh, relationship like I don't want to help you evolve yeah. you know or like come to be who you need to be you know like that's things that you need to work on on your own and that was like affecting the overall relationship like the great person and everything and we're we're friends you know but it's just it in terms of relationship it just didn't work did you, you know did you feel because did you feel like he was a rebound no because I was completely over my kid's father. So I don't feel like I was in a rebound place. I um, I was in a place of like genuinely looking for connection period. Or not looking, but if it were to happen, like connection period. You know, like actually even now to this day, like connection period. Or not mejor sola, better alone than in bad company. Yeah. You know, but it's more so connection and like, Feeling actually like loved and taken care of by a man. And he definitely did do that. Like from making me breakfast to um, little surprises to words of affirmation. You know, the things that I had always desired out of a relationship, he provided that in a way that I had never experienced before. And he taught me a lot about love, you know, a lot about like, uh, love and like actual communication in a relationship and stuff but it got to there that's it you know it's like you it's like you get not i think that people need to detach themselves from expecting everybody to be the one it's like some people you're gonna meet and they're gonna um teach you some things about yourself and you're gonna learn some more things about what you want and what you don't want and then you're gonna take that to the next place you know, and learn to be okay with like letting things go. You don't have to let things go ugly. You don't have to let things go savagely. You can just decide, you know what? I think that we've come to the end of our journey, mm-hmm. you know? And let's go. And I want to go this way. And I think that you want to go that way, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you were friends with him. So, my stand, I, of course, everybody's stance is different. That's why I always tell people everybody is different. Like, I, I'm the way I am, and I'm not going to change. If whether you like it or not, cool. So anytime I break, like if I hadn't, if we were official mm-hmm. and we break up, I'm mm-hmm. blocking you. I'm getting rid mm-hmm. of all your stuff. Like we ain't talking. <laughs> we ain't friends. What is your, what are your thoughts of being friends with ex baby daddies is different. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he said that he was that person too. And he found it very difficult to do that to me. Because there was no, like, bad blood or anything like that. And for myself, too, um, being that that was my only official boyfriend post my marriage, it was hard for me to uh, completely say, you know what, 
block, done, don't ever call me, et cetera. Like, because it didn't end ugly. It ended with full love and understanding. Like, I release you with love. Is it difficult to have a friendship? Yes, it is. Um, it is difficult to have a friendship with somebody that you dated um, and that you were in a relationship with because you have to establish a new boundary. And that's hard yeah. because then you're, oh, shit. Like, I don't have access to you. Like, shit, oh, did you go out and meet somebody? And, like, you get those little crazy moments, you know, or whatever. Um, so it's definitely hard. But I think over time we were able to get to a place where, like, um, it's just kind of, like, good communication. But even then, uh, I think that we've gotten to a place where it's, like, there's things that we want to do in our lives that we just really can't maintain the same level of friendship of like daily communication or like hope we're having a good day. It has to, there has to be like a boundary. I don't think that I could ever block somebody unless you did something to me that was hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not in me to do that, to be like block, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Unless it ended like so horribly. I'm just that person that, because I'm not a reactive person and I'm not a toxic person. So it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me to even, like, walk away from something and, like, even though I actually just ghosted somebody. But mm. it's very hard for me to escape from something and, like, not tell you, like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I felt like X, Y, and Z. And, you know, like, without expressing my feelings. You know? Yeah, true. Um, but I think that it is hard. And I think that it takes two people to respect boundaries, to even be able to have a friendship. And even with that, it's almost like you're just dragging on the inevitable. That at the end of the day, you guys are going to have to just cut ties. Because if I get into a relationship with somebody else, like, why are you friends with your ex-boyfriend? That's what I was about to ask you right now. Like, what if the roles were flipped? They gave you the same explanation that they ended on good terms like there's nothing to think about would you be okay with the guy being friends with it's her a no it's a no for me it's a no for me <laughs> no it, it, right so we both again have that understanding but then it's like we had this conversation where it's like hey but if you do meet somebody like then you're going to have to tell me. And it's like, how do I have that conversation with you? How do I tell you that I've been dating somebody for three months and then I'm going to take it serious and I can't talk to you anymore? And like this whole time that we've been in communication or we've been cool, like I've never told you, you know? So it's like, it's very, very um, on the fence. But if I could give anybody advice on this is to just cut all ties. Cut all ties, not necessarily block. And maybe you could, be like, hey, I hope that you're doing okay every couple of months, but just cut ties. No, I'll, because it makes. Yeah, I'll, I know you're. Yeah, I'm more on the it. like. It's it's it's. I'm done. Just because I'm I'm thinking more of like the next person, like uh, whoever I'm gonna date next. I don't want you to feel like. I'm over here still talking to this person. I don't want you to feel some certain. Be like, oh, why are you still talking to that person? Like, what? No, like we had our thing. Didn't work out. Cool. No communication. No no ties. No nothing. Like, it's all about me and you now. Like, th- that's where I like to be at. You know, and even... Right. Like, just clear. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. it's a little bit harder. That's why I said, like, it's a little... Like, when I date girls that have kids, 
I need to know what type of relationship you have with the father. Not because I'm trying to be nosy, just because, no, you guys shouldn't be going to lunch, you know, like, together, hanging out, spending the night at his house. Like, no, those are those are things, like, I'm not cool with. Like, if you got to go to parent-teacher conference, cool. If there's a basketball game, cool. If there's, like, things like that, I understand. I'm not jealous type, go handle your business. But, like, other little things, like, I remember an ex, she was like, oh, we have to go and do that. I'm like, Why? Like, what's the point yeah, of that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so yeah. that's why I, I I want whoever I'm with to be like, hey, like he has nothing to do with them. Good, good to go there. So uh, we've gone two hours. I'll, I'll let you go here in a little bit. I just want to ask you okay. one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's based off the question that I originally found you. Okay. Um. I don't know how to ask it because I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. But have you <laughs> have you had guys ask you to eat their booty? <laughs> Thank God, never in my life, and I hope that never in my life does that happen because I I would be stuck. <laughs> I would just be like, wait. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? Another thing, though, is that I never, being that I've been single and everything, I have, I don't get to the level of intimacy with anybody unless there's like some, like if there's there's a commitment. So I've only been with one person post my kids, post my kids' dad, which was my boyfriend. So I've never gotten there. So I don't think that I opened that door for them to be like, better, I don't know, you know, like, oh. Okay, I want you to be. I want you to be real too. Say you find this man, everything you want him to be, he's perfect. But the only requirement is that he he wants to spread them cheeks. I'm not even that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people do this because I've never. I was like, what? So the, one of the questions that I just recently got is like, this guy like to get his taint played with, and I'm like, what? What is that? Is is the part between the hole and the balls? Yeah, and I'm just like, why? Like, what what is she doing down there? Like, what what like what are you getting from that? Like, at all? Like, yeah. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not going in your fucking <laughs> butt bush, like, or whatever rim thing you got going on. And I seen I seen all the TikToks of the guys who didn't even know they had to watch their crack. Like, oh no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm sorry. A lot of these guys are just, that's why, uh, like, I did some videos with Pete and Pedro because they do, a, like, a, a, a ball thing, uh, which yeah. keeps you, like, nice and dry down there because we all go out. Like, I always tell the guys, like, we go out. We know how it is. Like, say you go to the bar. Even if you're not dancing, it gets hot. You get a little, like, musty. Like, And if you're going to hook up with somebody, you would not want, you would not appreciate it if you went down on the girl and it was just, like, bad, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so. Of course. And then another poll that I had on my Instagram was like, uh, I hope a lot of guys answer. A lot of guys did answer. I was like, you guys wash up in there like every time you shower. And a lot of people answered that they just let the water drip down and like call that good. Like, and I'm like, yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not doing it. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I don't know how the girls have the courage to do this. And I know girls that just do it. Like. It's very European-esque for me. I'm like, go to Europe, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> get out of here. Not here. Yeah. Not here. I'm not doing 
Yeah, because I had a bad experience. Like, this girl, she, she like, stunk down there. And I was like, yeah, nope, that's not happening. Like, it's, it's, it's bad down there, like. <laughs> it's a little it's a little it's a little stinky down here like uh i don't think i can do it without gagging like it's a little cheesy though thanks <laughs> but anyway i want to thank you for jumping on and talking with me i know you didn't have to you took some time out of your day which i really appreciate and i'm extremely grateful for hopefully i can talk with you uh in the future again and keep doing what you're doing because you're killing it i'm watching it I'm rooting for you. I love to see women like kill it out here, especially women, because everyone thinks like, oh, she's a girl. She can't be doing that. No, girls, you guys have all the power too, to like go out there and kill it harder than the guys do. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you for jumping on. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. I hope that um, whatever we talked about gives people some form of advice, I guess, or that it helps somebody or it makes a difference for somebody. That's really all I care about. So I'm really thankful for you giving me a voice on your platform. Maybe not everybody on your platform knows who I am. And so thank you for allowing me to use my voice on yet another, in another place. I, I appreciate that. No, Yeah, and thank you. Uh, it's funny because the question is going to be like, who likes to get their tank played with? Like, you know, like, <laughs> the whole podcast and that's all you got was the whole tank thing? Like, are you serious? So anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys on the next one. See you guys. Down the rabbit hole Got a couple carrots from my neck Self-respect When you out of line You put yourself in check uh, They don't hear me down, down.